Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, Top News from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Wednesday, December 14th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, D.C.'s mayor is moving forward with a plan to add more affordable housing to the city, placing it on land owned by houses of worship. Deputy Mayor John Falcecchio tells us how a new partnership will help the mayor reach her goal of building 36,000 units by 2025. What we really want is houses of worship to come to us at any level, whether they already or started the process of understanding uh, what could go on their land or if they're just considering it. And we have a special guest for this week's episode of DMV Dates. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. Luke is filling in in the newsroom today. It may never be something you think about, but chances are if you pay property taxes, this has crossed your mind. Churches, mosques, synagogues, all houses of worship do not have to pay property taxes. And there are hundreds of parcels of land across D.C. that could be used charitably to increase the amount of affordable housing that's so needed. That's the mayor's take anyway. And today, the administration says it's making it easier for faith partners to get what they need to build housing in D.C., Joining us now to explain all this is Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, John Falcecchio. John, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. John, let's talk about why this is so needed. D.C. is obviously a very expensive city to live in. We all know that. But how did this idea come about to reach out to faith partners? So over the years, uh, Mayor Bowser has had a lot of uh, faith institutions actually come to her. Uh, They've got land that's underutilized uh, that they want to put back to productive use. And really, a lot of it is mission-driven. Uh, It really aligns with uh, the principles and values of our faith institutions to help provide to the community. Uh, So they could do that by delivering housing and specifically affordable housing. Uh, So as you can imagine, all different faith institutions are at different levels of expertise when it comes to taking a plot of land and delivering housing. So the mayor tapped Enterprise, which already does some work with faith institutions, to figure out how we could provide technical assistance and be with the faith institutions along the journey from delivering land or taking land and delivering housing. I'm thinking enterprise like the rental car uh, place, but that's probably not it. So it, it's <laughs> it's different. It's uh, enterprise community partners, uh, and they actually specialize in the delivery of affordable housing. Uh, and so one of their initiatives uh, is actually working with faith institutions. So we're uh, taking what they already do, but what we really want is houses of worship to come to us at any level whether they uh, already or started the process of understanding uh, what could go on their land or if they're just considering it. So today, uh, the mayor made an announcement uh, that uh, House of Worship can reach out to Enterprise and that we've funded some pre-development dollars, but then also uh, technical assistance. And that technical assistance is almost as important uh, because really uh, it's a big undertaking to take a plot of land and deliver housing. Are there certain areas of the city where there's a goal to maybe see more affordable housing um, because maybe some has already been presented in other parts of the city? I'm thinking of 16th Street. We know how many churches and houses of worship line 16th Street, how huge those plots are. Absolutely. Uh, 16th Street would be an area of focus for us. And 
So as part of the mayor's uh, housing goal that she set in 2019 to create 36,000 new homes by 2025, we actually set targets by neighborhood. Uh, we call them planning areas. So one of the key planning areas for us is Rock Creek West. If you go over by the National Zoo, kind of on that west side of Rock Creek Park, mm -hmm. that's an area where we really need to create more affordable housing. And there are a lot of houses of worship, which may have land that they can put towards this goal. Um, so we really want to help them along. Uh, there's also really a, a fascinating uh, statistic that there's about 450 vacant parcels that are owned by houses of worship throughout the district. And if you maximize the number of housing units that could go uh, on that land, it could produce anywhere between 6,000 and 29,000 new homes. That's wow. an incredible number. If you think about yeah. the mayor's goal of 36,000 new homes uh, by 2025, I'm not saying we could do this, but if we could, we'd actually be able to deliver 29,000 new homes just on properties that are owned by churches. I was You took the next question out of my mouth because we learned that 450 uh, vacant parcels from the Urban Institute. Um, and when we talk about, it's just funny because I'm thinking about that Rock Creek West area around the zoo and everything is just so tight there. All the housing is tight. Obviously, it's a very high rent district. So when we talk about getting anything built in that area, it really... Th those are kind of like the only parcels left, really. So, and when you think about it, too, it really is, uh, there are some uh, properties that have had sort of more of a campus feel uh, that maybe we could do a little bit of infill. So one of the first or the very first award of housing production trust fund dollars in Ward 3 or Rock Creek West is at the Lisner home. Uh, and the Lisner home is actually going to use a parcel of land that they have that's part of their um, I'm saying with air quotes, campus, mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to build uh, affordable housing on it. Uh, and they do it actually, you know, in partnership, in coordination with the neighbor uh, and, you know, really get advice and consent with the uh, advisory neighborhood commission to really deliver. So we're going to find other properties that we own, uh, like the Chevy Chase Community Center. Uh, we're going to take what is now a Department of Parks and Recreation facility and a uh, D.C. public library. And we're going to reimagine that site to bring back those uses in an even better way, but then put housing above it. So to your point, we have to find every nook and cranny where we could put some housing and we've got to work with it. What we did today was announce that Enterprise is going to help Houses of Worship uh, do just that. Go from kind of that concept or even that uh, desire mm -hmm. to um, deliver housing and they're going to help them along the way. Meaning that they're going to help them basically plot out, okay, this is the land I have. This is maybe what I could do. Is that what you're saying? Because I don't understand how it, they would build the houses. Exactly. So this is uh, the land that we have. And then, you know, there's zoning. There's different uh, right. uh, ways to get approval from uh, and buy-in from the ANC. So literally, it is kind of saying, if you want to take land and you want to deliver housing, here are all the steps you're going to have to think about mm -hmm. and uh, and allows them to kind of see that pathway uh, so that they can plan it out. And then also it takes some money, especially uh, pre-development costs are uh, expensive uh, just to get a concept of what can fit on a site uh, can be costly. Mm -hmm. And so what uh, enterprise will do is help them find resources uh, to do uh, just that. So uh, you could see a piece of land, you could realize that hey, housing must be able to go on that. And then you have to actually take the steps to bring that vision uh, to reality. Right. Just thinking like plumbing, electrical, all the different things. Um, Even stepping back a moment, 
kind of like, how do you find an architect right. who wants to help you deliver, right? And then you get into how do we find a general contractor who could actually build it? And is there, should there be a development partner? So all those are important uh, steps to take. And what we want to do is not uh, have houses of worship just take a leap of faith. Mm. We want enterprise to show them the way. A leap of faith. See what you did there? Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, how many houses of worship do you have already? You mentioned they ha- they were coming to the mayor and proposing this. Um, how many are there? And are they in a specific uh, planning area? Yeah. So it's hard to quantify it because really these conversations have happened over the course of years. Uh, and there really are house of worship across the district. Mm. So this is the other important step we're taking by identifying enterprise uh, community partners as our partner on this effort. It allows us to funnel all those uh, requests or those expressions of interest into this process so that we have one place that's a one-stop shop for houses of worship to go to and really tell us what their uh, intentions are. And the last thing I have a question about is funding. Um, you mentioned Enterprise is going to help them sort of figure out all the details, but is this a grant-based program? So there uh, is going to be some initial pre-development dollars that we're going to be able to tap uh, through different resources that we have at the Department of Housing and Community Development. We have a fund. Uh, it's actually called the Oramenta Newsom Fund, uh, which actually helps nonprofit developers uh, with some of the pre-development uh, work that they do. Okay. So what we're able to do is actually have enterprise direct people back to the Department of Housing and Community Development when they're at that right moment so that they can tap funds that the uh, the department has for this very purpose. And I imagine the mayor wants to get this done like now, <laughs> um, but obviously this takes a long time. So when when possibly could we see the first affordable housing go up on the you know site where a church is perhaps? Yeah, so we actually um, already have worked with uh, some faith institutions to deliver. One of the uh, favorite ones that uh, I like to highlight is uh, Plaza West, uh, which is in Mount Vernon Triangle. Mm-hmm. It is actually uh, grandparent housing. Uh, so it's actually grandparents who are raising a family, um, and they're able to do it. So we actually have worked with faith-based partners previously. Uh, how long it takes is really a matter of what stage they're at. Are they just have an idea of wanting to deliver housing or have they already had designs done? So I think we'll see it over the course of the next few years. Again, like you said, the mayor always wants to see it done today. Yeah. uh, If it hadn't been done yesterday. And what we want to do is make sure that we have these resources available for houses of worship so they can be part of the uh, goal of delivering by 2025. Well, it's a really creative idea to see more affordable housing go up in the city and hopefully other cities follow suit. John Falcecchio, Deputy Mayor, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks so much. And coming up after the break, we have a special kid-friendly DMV dates for you that involves gingerbread, igloos, and Hot Wheels. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives.
Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, of course, we have another round of DMV dates for you with our special guest today, John Aaron. Hello. Hi, thanks for doing this. It's cool to be in your studio. I've only done this show via Zoom before, so (laughs) now I feel like a distinguished guest in here. This is cool. You are. You've always been a distinguished guest. Um, We are doing DMV dates, the kid-friendly version. Okay. This round, mostly because that's what your theme is. Really in life. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, my whole life has turned kid-friendly with the two the two little ones at home. So everything that I do has to be kid-friendly now. All right, so I'm going to start, and then we'll go to you. Um, my date is in Old Town Alexandria. Oh, okay. Um, so we're starting in um, Gadsby's Tavern, which if you know the area well, you've definitely heard of that. But it's part tavern, part museum, lots of Old Town history in there. But they're having a gingerbread decorating thing oh, cool. on Sunday morning, um, 25 bucks and four people, if you want to bring them, including little ones, get like a flat piece of gingerbread. So it's not even a full house. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that's an important distinction to make. Is it a man <laughs> you're decorating or is it a house? What sort of gingerbread are we talking here? They're trying to make it sound fancy and I think it might be working. Learn about <laughs> local architecture and decorate a flat facade based on historic buildings around Old Town. Wow, it sounds like an architect is behind this. I know, it sounds kind of cool. So apparently they have candy and everything that's like going to be, you know, fit, I don't know, to the the, uh, specifications you'll need to recreate the Old Town facade. So that's 25 bucks. Although I will say I looked up to see if there are tickets still available, and there are only 10 tickets per hour, and there's only three hours left. So if this sounds fun to you... I was told there would be no math. This is getting... (laughs) It's getting tricky. I'm using up all my fingers here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so there's still tickets at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 5 o'clock on Sunday if you're interested. And then from there, you go over to King and Rye, and they still have kind of the, the pandemic era, like, heated spaces outside. Oh, yeah. But they did, like, the igloos, okay. which I feel like kids would think were really cool. Sure. To go into an igloo and have some mac and cheese. Yeah. So that's how you close out. The, that's how you close out the day. Yeah, or an adult, exactly. So I'd say about, you know, all in, maybe 75 bucks or something for the full day. Okay. All right. That's my date. That's not bad. To you, John Aaron. All right. So I'm a big fan of cars and coffee. Anyone who knows me knows I love cars (laughs) and I incorporate my family into the stuff I do. Um, Though I will say that it seems like there's kind of an anti-kid vibe to cars and coffee sometimes. It's, Mm. It's early in the morning, which I think is meant to weed out kids and interlopers and people who aren't like totally hardcore about this thing. So you like cars and coffee, but this is an actual event called... Cars and coffee. Yeah, the one that uh, I there are several in the area. The one that I've gone to in the past is called Katie's Cars and Coffee. Okay, it's in Great Falls uh, at the shopping center that I think is at the intersection of Walker and Georgetown Pike. Okay, and it sort of takes over this whole shopping center. The, the coffee shop is like one little spot, but the whole shopping center gets filled with interesting like old cars and exotic cars, and then just people in regular cars who want to go see the old cars <laughs> and the exotic cars. So it's it's like a whole scene. I don't know how strong it keeps going in the winter, but it says it's supposed to be year round. I went a few weeks ago and uh, it was just before it got like super cold and gross and uh, there was a ton of people there. Do they let people in the cars? 
It depends. I mean, okay. generally, you're not supposed to touch other people's cars at these sort of events. Okay, there's but, a whole protocol. But there, there are offers. Sometimes people will uh, let you in the car. Like, for example, my then three-year-old, who I'm incredibly proud of, was able to spot a little deuce coupe <laughs> in the parking lot, which, for those who don't know, is a 1932 Ford coupe. And from my education of her using Hot Wheels, <laughs> she knows exactly what a little deuce coupe is. So we went up to there, and I said, you know, Tell the gentleman what his car is. And she goes, Little Deuce Coop. Oh and he was like, gosh. You're kidding me. You know, do you want to sit inside? And then she got freaked out. She was like, No. You're like, But can I sit inside? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Wow, that's pretty good education there. I'm doing for a my best. Three year old. I'm indoctrinating her. She she doesn't stand a chance. Okay, so if you're in Great Falls, you got your coffee. And, and like, you could do this for a while. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of cars to walk around. So I think the official hours to the event are like six to nine based on the, the website that I saw. And you, you believe everything on, yeah, this, this works perfectly with my schedule. So I wake <laughs> up at like two or three to go to work. As you know, yes. I do the early mornings here. So on my, you know, if I have a Saturday off, usually I don't, if I have a Saturday off, then I like sleep in air quotes <laughs> until like four o'clock and then I'm ready to do something. So I can just stroll on over to this, which is so perfect. Sad. It's so sad that <laughs> sleeping in is four o'clock. And I wake my poor daughter up and she's like, what, what's going on? And then I tell her it's cars and coffee and she perks up and she's like, okay, I can, it's I can time wake for up your for quiz. that. It's time for your quiz, little one. Yeah. Um, and if you want, I guess to extend the date, you could go for a hike because Great Falls is right there, but you could also sure. just, you know, have lunch or something. Yeah. It, it's supposed to like wrap up around nine, but when we left, probably around that time there were still people streaming in yeah so i think it's kind of just a, a big deal and it's supposed to start at six but i talked to some guys who got there at five because you want to get there early to get a good spot so everyone can see your car and people get there crazy early to, to show off their cars it's it's wild are there people who come to see cars who are driving just absolute beater cars like <laughs> well, you, you know, know this is my 1990 taurus or something well, you know there are like some oddball cars like uh some of the ones that are my favorites uh were a, a group of guys who brought their 1990s buick station wagons there <laughs> and i happen to love those cars i have a car that's similar to those not a wagon but it's a sedan that's same platform whatever uh they they brought those and you know they're they're an acquired taste for people but i was like oh sweet and you know other people were walking by like hey where are the 911s oh here's 20 of them right but uh i drove my subaru legacy and nobody looked at it. Nobody what? stopped to look. Yeah, can you believe it? They just oh. walked right past it. Oh well. Oh well. It's it's probably the kid fingerprints on the uh, yeah, maybe. on the on the, the child windows. seat in the in the in the back <laughs> maybe didn't scream performance. Well, congratulations are in order for you because John just learned. We all just learned that John got the morning anchor position yeah. as Bruce Allen is heading out and Joan Jones is heading out. So we uh, we were talking yesterday with Luke about um, the, you know our new le- weekly show and how his first episode is going to be like sitting down with Debbie and Bruce and Christy King and just talking about like the last 35 years. Yeah, the the wealth of experience they have. Totally. But we have this new generation taking over, which by the way, John and I have been here for a minute, but (laughs) he now gets this cool new job. So congratulations. Yeah, well, I'll be off weekends. So cars and coffee, (laughs) here I come. Watch out. We'll see you there. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We are brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. And our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance and follow us on social media. We so appreciate hearing from you guys and seeing what you have to share as well. You can become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night.